Amen. And the name of Jesus is which we are gathered in today and celebrate as we hear the word of the Lord for us from Ezekiel and from Luke chapter 2. If you have your Bibles with you and want to follow along, join me in the the, uh, gospel reading of Luke 2. There's a place on the back side of your announcements. If you want to follow along and take some notes, please feel free to do that as well. And I'll be incorporating then and using uh, what uh, Ezekiel gave to us in, uh, in uh, verse 26. I'm going to put a new spirit, a new heart in you and shape you as my people, bring life to you as, uh, as we hear the word of the Lord for us today. So, I got to talk about the Super Bowl a little bit today, right? And I'm not going to ask you if you're a 49ers fan or a Chiefs fan. That's not going to cause divisions in the congregation about <laughs> who we're cheering for. But, you know, oftentimes you see teams where they have a two-week kind of, of layoff. Uh, they've, they've come from uh, a, a busy season, like on the one side of this picture, and, and they're crossing over now into the Super Bowl tonight, and they've had a two-week layoff, Right? And, and sometimes that two-week layoff, while on the one hand it could be good for uh, healing injuries, putting together a game plan, uh, some teams really, use, really lose their mojo in, in that two-week off. They're kind of in a precarious you know, crossing over. They're, they're aiming for a Super Bowl victory, but they're not really sure where they are right now, waiting. This last week I had an opportunity to experience a, a, an ending of a season. I was kind of on that one side of the picture you see in and I'm in the process now of crossing over into a, a, a new area, which I don't know about because the Lord hasn't revealed that, that to me. But uh, on Monday night, I had the chance to, to wind up my responsibilities with Comfort Care Women's Health, serving on the board and being a leader on that board with them, which I'm grateful for. It was, it was wonderful, and I'm, I'm glad now to be done. And I feel like I'm kind of moving from one season into a next, and not really sure where I'm going as far as, as how the Lord might want me to serve in the community in, these next, in, in, in this next step. And so I'm kind of feeling, you know, in the middle here a little bit, a little vulnerable, a little wondering what's going on, and, and waiting for the Lord. I was reminded uh, Monday night again as we, um, we, we gathered as a Comfort Care Women's Health uh, Ministry, uh, a voice in the Shenandoah Valley to bring the message of life and, and hope uh, to these people who are feeling incredibly vulnerable. They're the person on that bike on a tightrope right now. They're dealing with uh, an unplanned pregnancy. Some of the women who are dealing with an unplanned pregnancy are, are, are alone. Uh, they, their, their boyfriend has abandoned them. Their husband have, has abandoned them. They have nobody to walk beside them. Some of the women who are in an unplanned pregnancy do come from uh, a marriage. They have a husband, a loving, dedicated family. They even have a child. Many of them have multiple children. And yet they're feeling very vulnerable because they weren't planning on this vulnerable. You know, my friends, if there were ever a vulnerable, an abortion vulnerable couple, it were these two. Let's think about it for a moment, all right? Mary is a single young woman. When the Holy Spirit comes and speaks to her and says, guess what, Mary, you're going to be pregnant with the Son of God. (laughs) And now she's betrothed to be married to Joseph. But Joseph, remember, is thinking in his head, I don't want to have anything to do with this. I'm going to divorce her, that'll be quiet, and I'll go on my way, and, and, and Mary can go on her way. Well, what would happen to Mary? She'd be stoned by her villagers for being an adulteress. And so not only would she lose her life, but the baby's life too 
would be killed. Now, God would never let this happen. This is the Son of God, right? Well, okay, maybe not. But in their humanity of where they were, Mary and Joseph, this is an unplanned pregnancy, and they're incredibly vulnerable right now. What do we do in this moment? Thankfully, today is 10 months and 10 days past that visit of the angel to Mary and Joseph. Mary has gone through pregnancy. She's had, gave birth to her son, Jesus. Joseph has been obedient to the angel, taken Mary as his wife, named him Jesus, had him circumcised on the eighth day, and now we're 40 days past the birth of Jesus, and Mary and Joseph are coming to the temple. They're still a little vulnerable. They're poor. They can't afford the sacrifice of a, of a calf, or a, I should say a lamb, for the sacrifice that Mary's required to make for purification, but they can do, they can bring two turtle doves, and so they do, in sacrifice to the Lord for what they need to do. Let me pick it up here in verse twenty-two with you in Luke chapter two. Join me in your Bibles if you have them. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Okay. So, on the one hand, what Mary and Joseph are being obedient to is that purification rite. A woman, having given birth, was declared by the law of the Lord unclean for 40 days. In God's eyes, it represented the Israelites' uncleanness because of sin. There would need to be a 40-day purification period. And then that person, as the Israelites, would be welcomed into the presence of Yahweh, the saving God. And with that would be offered a sacrifice, like a lamb, or in this case, two turtle doves. So Mary and Joseph were putting themselves obediently under the law of the Lord And doing what the law of the Lord required. And Jesus, their son, was being inducted into Judaism. He was being put under the law as their son. Let me just take you down a rabbit trail real quick too, which is is something for us good to know about. So you you see Mary and Joseph in this movie uh, picture bringing the two turtle doves. Uh, It tells us something about the chronology of Jesus' life and birth. So this is 40 days after the birth of Jesus, and because they're not having the means to buy a lamb, they can only afford this cheaper sacrifice of two turtle doves, who hasn't visited them yet? The Magi haven't been there yet, because if the Magi had been been there, Mary and Joseph would have had some gold that one of the Magi gave them, and they would have had money, they would have had means then to buy the prescribed sacrifice of a lamb. So we can see here that uh, in the chronology of things of Jesus' life, the Magi hadn't visited yet. Mary and Joseph are not still fully under the requirements for their son to be under the law. Before then, that revelation to the Gentiles represented in the Magi can be known to the world. But Mary and Joseph are also there for another purpose. Not just for... Not just for... Uh, uh, Mary to do the purification rite, they're also there for um, uh, the redemption of their son. As prescribed in the Old Testament, 
Joseph and Mary had to redeem, they had to buy back their firstborn child. As prescribed by the Lord, the first, first, the first male who would open the womb of a woman was required by law to, for them to buy, of her parents to buy back, redeem their son. And so Mary and Joseph came with a prescri- prescribed offering of five silver shekels. Now, for reference's sake, and I took, I took uh, as of this week, the, the price of silver per gram, of which a silver shekel would have been around a gram, that, that would have equal out to about 57 of today's dollars. Now, put that back into biblical times, that was a staggering amount for Mary and Joseph. That was a high cost for them to redeem their son back from the Lord by, as prescribed by the law. But for Mary and Joseph, they were willing to do this. This was the everyday kind of practice in life under Judaism under the Old Testament law. And they were willing to do this because this was their practice, their norm. This was a going about their everyday kind of life and living. All right. And we see how the Lord impacts our everyday and life as he calls us into him and to walk with him. Mary and Joseph give us that example. But there's two other people that are here too. Simeon and Anna. They've been waiting for this day. (laughs) Longing. Anna's been in the temple courts praying and fasting for years, waiting to be able to hold the Messiah in her arms and receive this blessing. Anna and Simeon, as we pick up in verse 25, give us an example of this eternal, then, expression as God meets us in our humanity. There was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. The Lord saw this in his heart. And in verse 36, we hear, there was also a prophet, Anna. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. As the eternal, represented in Simeon and Anna, the, the recognition that the Messiah is here. God's salvation is among us. The light to the nations and exercised in the daily life and practice of Mary and Joseph. We see now how, what, it, what it means for the Lord to say from Ezekiel, that I'm going to give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I want this new heart and this new spirit to be reflected in the daily kind of life and living that I've called you in as my people, as my eternal promises and perspectives have been made known to you. And and you know that in Hebrew, as Ezekiel was writing and speaking in Hebrew, when God says something twice, he's really wanting us to pay attention to it. And so the Lord is saying to us twice, this is what I'm going to do. A new heart and a new spirit. He's going to be working something new within us. And isn't that what we need? Don't we need something new? Every day, Lord, I need your new heart and spirit at work within me. So did the Israelites. When Ezekiel was proclaiming this word, he was in captivity in Babylon. You'll remember that the Israelites were taken there because of what they had done. They had forsaken in their everyday life and practice the eternal promises and perspectives of their God. And they began to follow these Canaanite Baals, gods. One of the most notorious of those gods was named Moloch. Moloch was made of copper, bronze. He was hollow. 
He had outstretched arms. And Moloch required the sacrifice of children. That's why Ezekiel would say, as we heard earlier, Steve read it, you devour people and deprive your nation of its children. They would heat this bronze, this copper statue of Moloch up with a fire on the inside so he would become boiling hot and they would offer their children into the arms of Moloch. We might not do that today in the same way. And yet we find ourselves as a nation struggling with what to do in unplanned pregnancies. Do I have a choice? How is it that I should respond? I'm incredibly vulnerable right now. And sacrificing this child for the sake of the unknown in my life seems to be an easier thing to do. These six years on Comfort Care Women's Health, it was introduced to me the idea of, of what it is that a, a woman, particularly, who finds herself in this vulnerable position, an unplanned pregnancy, what she finds her life to be a little bit like. It's maybe thinking about this. She's got a child in her arms. Half of the women who come to Comfort Care have children. Half of them are Christian women, and they're looking for help. Because they've got a child in their arms and they're treading water. They're just barely keeping afloat. Maybe they've got a husband and a, and a family. Maybe they're single. But they're finding in their own being, alone and vulnerable, difficulty staying afloat. And now they've got an unplanned pregnancy. And it's as if we're throwing another child into their arms and saying, here, stay afloat now. How do we come along beside somebody like that when they're faced with such difficult unknown vulnerability in life. When Isaiah proclaimed, Ezekiel proclaimed this word to the Babylonians, uh, to the Israelites in Babylon, they were there because they were struggling with how they had responded to people dealing with the vulnerability of, of being forced, you could say, to make a choice. Do we worship Yahweh, who we can't see, or this Moloch who's in front of us that we can see? And all of our neighbors are worshiping him as well. The work of our Heavenly Father in the midst of our vulnerabilities, in the midst of our daily life and living as He gives to us His own purpose and divine plan that we see and, and, and has been re revealed to us in this one who's being presented at the temple, Jesus, from this very vulnerable couple. This Son, Jesus, is that one who we know works out the, the plan of our, Savior, our saving God. He is the Messiah. And we look through His eyes at what our Heavenly Father seeks to accomplish in us. I find this picture to be incredibly revealing about the hope that we live in. This new heart and spirit that God is saying, I want to give to you. We're looking in this picture out from the tomb to where our salvation has taken place. That, that word that Anna said. That she was longing for the redemption of Jerusalem. That here she held this child Jesus in her arms and said, Behold, this is the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the one who's going to buy back people from their sins. My brothers and sisters in Jesus, this is the view we have of that sacrifice having taken place for us. Where we might even ourselves 
at a point of vulnerability, made a choice that we knew was wrong. And we still today wrestle with that decision. Be assured, your Heavenly Father has forgiven you. He's forgiven us of our sins. We stand with a new heart and a new spirit looking at that place of redemption where He has bought us back from the condemnation of sin that we deserve, sure. From the judgment of that sin that would send us to hell. You're right, God, you should do that. Even from the curse of death, because we know that in Him, this will be our view as well one day. Walking out of the tomb, alive in a resurrected body, full of hope and life because He's given to us a new heart. A new spirit. This is the promise of the Lord, not just for the Israelites in Babylon, but for you and me today. This is what we possess now. The new working of a saving God in heart and mind. To know Him in our daily life and living, sins forgiven, hope before us. This is God's divine plan that we join with Simeon and Anna in proclaiming to the world. And so we move forward out of the tomb and with a new heart, a new mind, and we move forward into life, into the routines that we've been called into. This is what it looked like for Mary and Joseph, which we can again see them as an example. We pick it up in, in verse 39, where Mary and Joseph, with a new heart and a new mind by the Lord's working, their desires that the desires of God's heart became their desires. When Mar- this is verse 39. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, in other words, Lord, I want to be obedient to your calling in my life. And let's fulfill that obedience in ways that uh, I get to serve you, know you, and love you. Well, Mary and Joseph returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew. In other words, Jesus was taken care of in the home of this couple, this family, this mother and dad, this husband and wife. They changed diapers. They had to cook meals, do laundry, all the things that we do. They had to go to work, do the household tasks every day. And Jesus grew and became strong. And he was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. Mary and Joseph embraced the desires of God's heart in raising their son, being a family, in the way that God had called them to be. And so next week we'll pick it up with Jesus at about 30 years old, continuing on in the ministry of being our Messiah. What about you, right? Are your desires God's desires? In your daily life and living, aren't we also called to exercise, Lord, what you desire of me? my heart longs after as well you've given me a new heart and mind i want to be about these things let them lord be exercised in my in my daily living exercise in a way that glorifies you in your divine plan and purpose of life the spirit within me empowers me to live out those desires maybe you're not called like simeon or anna to live in the temple courts day and night waiting for the consummation of God's plan. Maybe what he calls us to do is come beside vulnerable people and introduce to them the opportunity to have a new heart and spirit 
and to help them understand God's purpose and plan of life that's glorifying to him in these daily life patterns. Today, we as God's people here at Bethany are going to embark on a month-long journey with Comfort Care Women's Health in our annual baby bottle campaign. You'll have an opportunity to pick up a bottle. It's not as big as this. This is big so you can see it easier up here. Your bottle's not as big. But you can pick up a bottle, or two or three, or however many you want. They're in the basket as you leave out the, out the building today on your left-hand side. And, and you're, you're invited to put your coins in here over the next month, or your dollar bills, whatever. whatever. You're, write a check if you want to, and, and then turn this in. There'll be a basket in the, ba- in the commons area for you to put your bottle in. If you want to pick up another bottle, do it. But for us to be able to partner in some real tangible ways of bringing the hope of salvation, that there's a spirit working within me, a spirit that gives us a new mind and a, and a new heart that yearns after and longs after the things of God and his, in his kingdom. And this is a way that we can do this in some tangible ways with a ministry in the Shenandoah Valley, proclaiming the message of hope and life to those who find themselves very vulnerable right now. They're wanting to cross from one side to another. Maybe they just don't, don't know how to do it right now. We have an opportunity to proclaim to them that message of hope. And he's in Jesus. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the blessing of giving to us a new heart, a new spirit that is of your kingdom, of your will, and of your way that impacts your divine purpose and plan in the everyday activities of our life and living. This is your work, and this is for your praise and glory, Lord. As we, uh, as we live with a new heart and spirit now, so we also, Lord, have an opportunity to come beside in, uh, in a real way with Comfort Care Women's Health in this baby bottle campaign, those who are vulnerable. Uh, we pray, Lord, that this would be a blessing to you and to all those who find themselves in this situation. You are God. And you have given us the blessing to walk in your ways. With a new heart and a new spirit, we go forward in Christ the Lord who lives in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, may the peace of God that passes our understanding, that keeps us in Christ the Lord and his ways, be with you now and empower and strengthen you. You have a new heart and a new spirit, which is of the Lord. Let's rejoice in that and give thanks every day. Amen.